Beep, 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 beep. I want a new duck. Mm. One that won't make a bird. Mm. One that won't make me crash my car. Mm-hmm. Make me feel great, great thick. I want a new duck. <laughs> you don't remember that weird doll song? Yes, I do. Okay, I want a new. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> it happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Welcome back to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is actually episode 32, unlike what wow. Andre tricked me into saying last time. Hey, All episode know. we were saying it was episode 32. It was not. I follow your lead, man. I, yeah. I it, was, it was 31. <laughs> we were confused. Yeah, it was a long weekend. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, this is the podcast where we sit in the basement, drink some beer, and talk about music. Uh, with us today is Andre, as usual. What's happening? Uh, Matt on the intern is back. Hello. Manning the boards. And all the way over in the land where fun goes to die is Paul. Hey, yeah. Paul. Hey. <laughs> See? Um, past few weeks. Uh, uh, well, actually, first up, uh, before we get to the news, I want to say uh, today, I guess, can be known as Arcade Fire Day. Reflector leaked this afternoon. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, and I was going to talk about this whole big thing about leaks and why don't bands manage it better when it yeah. leaks. Because it's going to. But, like, once that happens, like, go ahead and just put the album up. Sure. But that's what Arcade Fire did. Okay. So, oh. <laughs> so I got nothing to talk oh, about. Oh, so they just put it up? Yeah, they were just like, they saw it leaked, and just on their site, you could stream it, and they... They made a YouTube video And it's for the it. world's longest lyric video. Um, so it's, a, it's okay. a double album. It's the length of it. Uh, I've listened to it once. Well, actually, I think the next podcast... Uh, we're going to be just talking about that. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait till you listen to it before you say that. Yeah. But uh, that'll be uh, we'll be taping that soon, and Paul's chopping a little. Yeah. <laughs> chopping the broccoli. Um, but that's really not news since there's nothing to talk about. So yeah. we'll just go ahead. We'll and, come back to that next time. Uh, coming up, we have a new album by Dismemberment Plan, mm-hmm. and Cass McCombs get all gets all hippie. Daddy does. And but first we're gonna talk about some news. All right, first up in the news, uh <laughs> last week, uh guided by voices drummer Kevin Fennell uh decided to put his drum kit up on eBay. For a one-time easy payment of fifty-five thousand yeah. dollars. Was it a buy it now? Yeah, yeah, 000? it was one-time easy payment. <laughs> and uh, yesterday, the band itself released a statement uh, via their management that said, "For the record, the band Guided by Voices has nothing to do with the sale of Kevin Fennell's drums. He is acting on his own and is no longer in the band." Yeah. <laughs> oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he got fired. Uh, but today uh, there were some published emails from uh, from Robert Pollard uh, where there was an interaction being like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that, blah, yeah. blah. And Robert Pollard, uh, we'll put a link to it, basically breaks down all the ways <laughs> <laughs> that he thinks uh, that his former drummer yeah. uh, sucks. Uh, let's see, the best Great one is infographic. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the second paragraph is the best. It's like, you can call it resigning if you want, but you were already fired. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. You're an amateur. You play too fast. Parentheses, which is the sign of an amateur. Um, Paul is a longtime Guided by Voices fan. How does this make you feel? Uh, the only real essential part of Guided by Voices is Bob Pollard. So as long as is that it's true? there, it's fine. Is, it, is that true? I mean... Is it seen? I mean, it's just a. That's the kind of opinion that might get a bunch of Guided by Voices fan hate mail here, but uh, Guided by Voices is a Bob Pollard band. Yep. It's a particular sound that he has, and he's got 12 different bands. So as long as Bob Pollard's there, he can find a drummer that works for him. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that blew That's up. fairly humorous, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's awesome. It's yeah. like. Uh, for the comedic value alone, I will. Uh, actually, yeah. second story, which I, which I don't have up here. Uh, two former members of Sugar Ray are suing Mark McGrath <laughs> for $40 millions of dollars. That he cost them by being a douche. <laughs> I am not lying. That, that is the terms they're of the lawsuit. They're trying to sue him. No, so basically what they're saying is, I guess he went on so you E. you tainted no, the no, sugar rate right, image. Right, So he went on E wow. and started doing the host thing That's and was true. absent. And so all these tours, mm. like, and then in the past year or so, he's been trying to do stuff like trademark the thing, uh, the name of the band, and be like, Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray. Oh, <laughs> and, and these guys, I mean, I think rightfully so, are just like, you cost us a lot of money. I think it's yeah. hilarious that it comes, like, now. When, yeah. It's um, like... I didn't even know they were still relevant. 15 years past, yeah. <laughs> still? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Fly was a good song. Um... And, uh, yeah. As I recall, Sugar Ray was always laboring under the delusion that they were hardcore, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they thought they were, they were like, a punk band, hey, right? Fly was a, was an aberration. We are, you know, a punk band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they were also with, like, Smash Mouth and stuff, that mm -hmm. weird, like, California. Yeah, No Doubt and all um, that. It was all at the same time. Yeah. yeah whoa, was... whoa, whoa. What? Let's not whoa. <laughs> No Doubt into this, okay? Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> did Paul, did you just come out of the no doubt closet? It's okay. Uh, that, there's no closet. I was in high school the first in step is acceptance. No <laughs> <laughs> I'll join you out of the no, the no doubt closet. Ah, yeah. Okay. The Tragic Kingdom was Madeline a don't speak. <laughs> I just kind of put it together because it was all at the same time in my brain. Yeah. yeah. And because you're an yeah. asshole. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I had a you know a college room freshman roommate. Who sang all the whole catalog of all those bands, you know, in the evening, so. <laughs> it, so, so it was an so. omnibus of suck? <laughs> it was. <laughs> right. Right. So. Let's hope your roommate doesn't listen. Yeah, indeed. Um, Dougie Fresh was his name. So that. <laughs> the first concert I ever went to was a No Doubt show. Oh, nice. Uh, do you want us to edit that out? Yeah, with, uh, with Weezer opening. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> right, right. That that'd be good. All right, so that happened, uh, and then yeah. <laughs> uh, last up in news, uh, Nico Case apparently started a fight. Uh, I think it now is like two nights ago at the Taft Theater. Um, basically, uh, people were holding up their cell phones. It's back into this argument. Oh, of, okay, yeah, we've of, had this one a few times. Yeah, and yep. you know like, whether you should do it or not. 
And she kept asking them and kept asking them. And eventually, it was like, put your fucking phones down. And people in the audience reacted badly. Ooh, okay. And were walking out and flicking her off. And, and reports, uh, some reports say she lost control of the show. Um, so they're not as uh, understanding yeah. as... Uh, yeah, it's a weird, like, I, I, nobody really knows, except people who were there, exactly how it went down. Ooh, okay, yeah. I would have to say, having seen someone like, say, Jeff Tweedy... Or shout, Ryan Adams or something. Yeah, yeah. but Jeff Tweedy <laughs> shout at the people at Constitution Hall. It's like, what am I, a monkey? Like, and like, oh, starting okay. to throw his guitar at him. Wait, Jeff Tweedy said this? Yes. Oh, oh wow. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> broke Madeline. <laughs> um, I would have to yeah. say it was pretty bad, because actually that wasn't bad for Jeff Tweedy, but like... I could see him saying that. Nico Case, like a bunch of times, and like, excitable wouldn't be the... Term his yeah. first stage presence. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it possible that people were walking out because your new album's not very good? Oh, oh wow, man! Everybody's punchy yeah. tonight. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, did you see the picture of Father John Misty last night at the Nine Thirty Club? Mm, no. I think he made a big cell phone yeah, like out it. of cardboard <laughs> and put it around him. So then people would. So it's very meta, you know. Right. <laughs> So taking really? the photo, it was him inside of a cell phone. Yeah, huh. I, I had some friends who were at that show. They said it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I, I, I mean, I've seen him like twice now. It was a solo though, just yeah. by himself. Like solo acoustic or something. Yeah, I think he yeah. did like a comedy routine I mean, halfway might, through or he something. Might, he might as well, might as well have tagged onto the poster like one for the ladies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he needs to make a new album. Before. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I would yep. agree. Um. Yeah. It's like the fourth time he's played DC on yeah, the same album. Yeah, he's he's been coming around a lot. Yeah, but this sounded like it was like a hipster carnival. It's like, oh, with the comedy show and the acoustic set, and apparently he had some new material with it too. So, oh, did he play some new stuff last night? Oh, nice, nice, yeah. Um, Didn't what's his face play uh, with Pearl Jam or something last night? The other Fleet Fox dude. What's his face? Uh, Robin Pecknell. Oh, no, he played a Fle- Pearl Jam yeah. song on mm. Jimmy Fallon or something. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Um, you're too young to remember. No, <laughs> no offense. What? what? You, what were you oh, like? Corduroy? Fuck, no. You're, good lord. You're Would have like been 94, two. right? I was two years old. Oh, nice. My. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, so uh, Pearl Jam's 11th album came out, Lightning Bolt. Oh, that's that came out this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anybody listen to it? I haven't yet to intake Paul, that one. Paul, did you take it in? I haven't. I, I really don't listen to new Pearl Jam stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love seeing them in concert, but they're a legacy act at this point for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've listened to it once. I, I, actually, we should have got Valerie in on this because she actually just went to see him and said the show was amazing, except for Vetter kept forgetting his lyrics. Well, and, the, their oh, shows okay. are always amazing. Yeah, yeah they, I, they're they rockers. Into that like Tom Petty phase. Yeah. yeah. You know what's amazing? Though? I've never seen them. Which is well, it's, yeah. I've seen Pearl Jam. Yeah, I know. Wow, I know. It's weird. Um, you're slacking. All year I've been slacking. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's about it for the news. Uh, let's talk about some DC royalty. Out. I really like this computer. 
I'm like a fat man on drugs, drowning in hugs. You know that I love the loving. The pillars of salt that I saw with the salt, and now no one is saying nothing. All right, uh, that is, what is it? Nobody's saying nothing? No one's saying no nothing. No one's saying nothing off. Uh, this memory plans the return uh, album. Return. Uncanny Valley is the new one. Uh, these are sort of DC legends, I guess. Uh, yeah. Came up yeah. in the post punk scene, I guess. Late nineties DC, yeah, I guess. Uh, if you look yeah, at mid nineties, their first album was ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, if you look at their Wikipedia page, they're credited with the uh, dance rock craze that has swept like the aughts oh okay yeah um, kind of the beginning of that yeah uh i know paul you are a i wouldn't say super fan but a pretty good fan of them uh why don't you start us up with a little bit more about them yeah i mean uh dismemberment plan i think is a is a really seminal band for especially like even though they start in the mid 90s really the late 90s right around 2000 uh indie phase they were a transitional band towards the towards the dance punk uh, that, you know, flashed and burned in New York in the early, in the early aughts. But uh, it was great. Emergency and I is still one of my favorite albums. Um, Change is a fantastic album too, even though it's a little bit more mellow, but they, at their best, um, they had some of the, some of the wittiest, most unexpected lyrics out there with, uh, with good solid beats without relying too heavily on, you know, electronic hooks and things like that. And they always, had kind of this uh, this infectious energy about them, uh, and so you know th- this was an anticipated album, but one that I think a lot of folks were viewing with a little bit of trepidation as well because they've been out of the game for a while, and they're not guys who have been trying to come back for a long time or working necessarily with other bands the whole time. They've all got day jobs now. That's true. Yeah. So. It just see, it seems like they did a few reunion shows a few years ago, which were excellent. I went to the first ones at uh, at Black Cat, um, and did a few more two years ago, and then they it, they kind of got to the point almost where you know on a much smaller scale, of course, but almost where the Pixies are now, where it's like, well, we keep playing together, so maybe we'll make some new music, whether yeah. that's good or not, who knows? Um, Could you just compare them to the Pixies. I, I, I said on a much on a much smaller scale, but I think that. Unfortunately, the quality of the output is pretty similar. Well, yeah. that, that's one man's <laughs> opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I will give you the energy. Like I, I have yet to see him. We they just did a two night stint here at Nine Thirty Club. Um, I will say, like there is there is a large portion of the latter half of the nineties that is just not in my vocabulary. And this is this is part of it. Yeah. Um, partially because uh, nothing I heard. Like, like stuck. Yeah. Basically, I, I'd hear it and I'd be like, "Oh, that's an." I've, I've joked like uh, that. This band to me sounds a little bit like Eve Six. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think we talked about but, that last time. But yeah. and, and that's which, that's uh, hold on. That's that being is. hyperbolic. That's being hyperbolic. But, <laughs> we did an analysis last time. But, I'm not yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but 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 I will say. Uh, I mean, before going into like what they are, because I, I do, I, I sort of want to try to figure out in this discussion like yeah. what they are. I spent the day listening to the catalog. Sure. And I don't get it. Like yeah. and and there's many reasons. But talking about this album first, um I mean this is like a very uh sheen worthy album. I mean it's it's very polished. It's very oh, definitely. 
Uh, it's very fake, quirky. Mm-hmm. Like that first song we heard. Like yeah. I, I don't. There's no cleverness at all. I hear somebody who thinks they're clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All over that album, um, and which it's not as bad in the earlier albums. So I, you know, yeah, it I works get, a little better in right. the earlier albums, didn't, right? Didn't so quite so work maybe maybe that Pixies analog is right because mm-hmm. the Pixies new output is terrible too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that's kind of where, that's all I was going with. Yeah. the analog. They've been away from it for a long time. They've started touring again, and they kind of feel like they got to put together some kind of new music. And uh, I don't think either one of them have put out good music. Unfortunately, yeah, right. But I, I guess in listening to all this today, like I don't, I mean, what's the demand? What, what's like you're like you, Madeline, never you, did you grow up with them or listen to them? No, I don't think it was until I moved to DC that I really mm-hmm. heard about Dismemberment Plan. Um, but I did see them last year at Free Fest, and it was it was a fun show. Sure. Um, I can't say that I like this album, and I can't yeah. say that I really got into any of their previous albums when I was gearing up for Free Fest. But, but that's but what I, I think they were I mean, known for: is a certain energy in their in their yeah. live shows, and people yeah. went is, out for that. Is is this it, like a punk bare naked ladies? Like, I don't even really hear, at least not in this album. I don't hear punk. Oh, there's no punk in this album. But no, I mean, no, no. I, I, I honestly don't think that that much of anything they've done since is terrified could really be classified as. Punk. Right. Well, that, yeah, yeah, I would agree. And, and I will say that 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 was the last album I listened to today, and it, it is very different. And it is like a song like "The Ice of Boston" and stuff. It's stuff that I feel like uh, eventually the whole study did better, and that like a lot of people who were trying to be like, I guess, artistic at that time were that doing time, the, yeah. the sort of sing, speak, spoken word, you know, whatever. The Ice of Boston is their best live song. I can oh yeah, I, yeah. I can I can totally hear that, and it's just I get the feeling that that. All this love heaped upon them uh, is because of their live show, and I—I I, I, I don't think so. Um, when Emergency and I came out, it was a heavily praised album. Yeah, and, well, and that was not—and that was definitely so. Not was Mumford and Sons? Yeah. Well, hold on, well, but but that's not the same <laughs> argument right there. You said that they're praised because of their live show, and I can guarantee you that the people who heard Emergency and I and were like, "This is a fantastic album." Given the relative size of Dismemberment Plan, they had not all seen the live show when they were praising that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. When did that come out? Ninety-seven. Yeah, it's, it might have been later than that. Ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. So, like, still internet was penetration insane. wasn't wasn't really big. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a different time. I mean, I, you, anything you look through, they are they, not them necessarily, but like PR wise, they tie themselves to the DC punk sure, scene and sure. stuff, which, like I said, is inappropriate because. After that first album, yeah, it gets very uh, poppy. I, I think like Jukebox the Ghost they sound a, a little bit. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't like um, Jukebox the Ghost either. Yeah, so. they do the more theatrical, but right. I would say, and I do hear it here, um, and I think the thing about the other albums that people really focused on was the quality of the musicians and the intricacy. Beyond Travis Morrison, exactly. Oh. It's particularly the 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 uh, foundation, the drummer and the mm-hmm. bass player, like. They were doing something slightly unique that people hadn't quite heard before in this, you know, realm of music before. Yeah. It was very intricate, especially the drummer and the bass player was kind of playing very intricately, which, you know, in punk music a lot of times or whatever music you're, particularly at that time, it was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very intricate, you know, right. unless you were going into some other realms of music outside of this type of music, you know. Well, and I think that's what people in the indie world at that time 
And you also have to think indie music in 1999 or the early 2000s was a little... And we were talking about it last time. Yeah. It was a different landscape at that time. So right. to hear somebody playing oh, and something... The, and in the late 90s. You know. I mean, this is... I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that sounded like this. Well, yeah. I mean, we keep, we keep talking about the late 90s here. Like, let's... No, that, that's know, what I'm at saying. At least address this album. And that's what I'm saying well, here I on mean, this album. I, I think we did. I think we said the album is bad. I mean, but uh, but okay. I would say that the music... I, I'm going to give a more nuanced yeah. argument. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I think that there is good stuff on this album. Mm-hmm. I... I, I, I'm I'm judging it against uh, previous dismemberment plans, dismemberment plan albums, and it doesn't hold up. No, but um, you know there are a couple of songs on here that are close. I think Invisible is good. I think yeah, it's probably good. the best song. I think that uh, Invisible, I think, is by far the best song on the album. Well, do we want to play and that? That's, yeah. And that's getting closer to uh, to where they were before. So they've still got a little bit of those chops, but a lot of this, uh, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of it comes off as lazy, I think. It, yeah, sure. The, the lyrics in particular. Uh, lazy. It, just, it, it sounds like some, like Travis picked up a rhyming dictionary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, la- lazy yeah. in the like same way Blitz and Trapper lazy? Or? Yeah. No, not... <laughs> like, Blitz and Trapper, there was... I think real effort put into the album. It just wasn't put to a good end. That yeah. was kind of stylistically lazy. Yeah. This is just lazy, lazy. Yeah, and I think some of the technical chances they took before in terms of the structure of the music, that was the interesting part about it before, they didn't take here. And so you realized it wasn't that interesting. That's that's the thing that I noticed with this this album. Well, there, I mean, the, the quality of the musicians is still there. I mean, yeah. when I listen to the, the 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 music, just the music. Let's leave the vocals in another <laughs> place. That's a whole other conversation. But when I just focus on that, I'm like, wow, they're they're still very good. Mm-hmm. But it's not as intricate as it was before. You know, in terms of taking mm-hmm. some weird chances, like, oh, that's a really weird like rhythm choice for a song, rather than just going with something. Most songs yeah, they, are pretty straightforward. You know? They clearly all have their skills. I just don't know if they have anything that they needed to say. Yeah, but I, that's the I, problem. When, when, why when did you, they come back? Like, yeah, what? That's a good uh, question. Like I, said, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to get, try to be in, inside their heads here, but I think it's because they're touring again and they hadn't really played together before those shows a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they probably all were just like, okay, let's uh, let's get together and make Cause, an album. Because well, the, the narrative, like, and, and all the stuff that was in, like, the city paper and all this stuff, they just sound like complete douchebags. Like, yeah. oh, we really didn't need to do this or want to do this. It, we just did it, and yeah. we don't know. And it's like, well, I... What, what's the story? I mean, uh, are they just trying to sell the... Uh, obviously, they're trying to sell the record, but yeah. it's a good question, man. I'm like, why? Um, we were going to listen to... What is it? Uh, Daddy Was a Real Good Dancer, but let's let's hear Invisible instead. Cool. Waiting around for the 7 Express. New York was a bet, Queens was a guess I thought I'd be working in Midtown, a winner And now I'm biting my nails and I'm calling it dinner Southern man is living city life Lives just disappear into the night And I watch the faces on the passing trains And I see a sweet smile and it's going my way But I'm invisible, yeah that's me See right through me Someday I'm gonna make my 
Tuesday night. Nothing lasts forever, and that's all right. Well, I'm like a spy who came in from the cold, and then I'm gone again before you even know. Snow on the window of the taxi back home. I just sit back and I turn off my phone. The streets are glittering without a care, and I just vanish into thin air because I'm invisible. Yeah, that's me. If you look, then you'll see right through me. Someday I'm gonna make my move. What do I got to lose? Invisible. Yeah, that's me. Of course, it gets a little lonely. This is my problem with this memory plan. And yeah. I'm not talking about the album now. I'm talking about just why I don't like it. I'm not passing judgment on good and bad, though I am a little. Mm-hmm. Um, it tries very hard to have this angst, and it's like oh, okay, yeah, pussy yeah. white boy angst. And I don't – like it was indicative of everything that came out in the late 90s. For sure. And you try to – it's like singer-songwriters jam themselves into the louder so- sounds of like punk – grunge and all that stuff and it never worked and that's why I say they look like Eve Six yeah like that song like <laughs> Tender Heart in a Blender that's brilliant yeah, yeah. songwriting no, for one come on it's they, they there was legitimate angst about I, where they were in their lives in on Emergency and I like you listen to stuff like Jitters and Spider in the Snow like there's legitimate it's legitimate it doesn't it doesn't have to be you know my life is ending stuff it's no. uh, it's growing up uh figuring out your place in the world. And I think that's why Invisible is actually a good song because it calls out to where they actually are right now and some of the more, you know, and some of the questions that are that are popping up at this point in their lives. And the rest of the songs don't do that. The rest of the songs are either trying, or either, or either I don't know what they're trying to do or they're trying to call back to uh, too many of the things that they were doing before. Right. Invisible is the one that really rings true to me. Yeah. Right, and I mean to to be clear, like I mean, there's there's uh, angst in like uh, Miley Cyrus songs. Sure. I mean, so I mean, saying that like this is a, this is an accurate representation. What I'm saying is that back then when this band started, like like to my ears, it just it, it never ever once worked. It I mean, mm-hmm. like Seven Mary Three 
had a whole lot of angst in quotes. <laughs> and, you know, and people like bought into yeah. it and bought into sure. it. I'm not saying necessarily that this memory plan was that far along. I just, I, I just, I, I really have a hard pro- time with you drawing these, I think, uh, inaccurate analogies to manufactured, like, late period uh, pseudo alternative. Because. That's but back not then what it, it was. wasn't like, though. That back then it wasn't pseudo alternative. It was this wasn't at all. This is this was coming from a real place. Yeah. It you just don't like the sound. Like that's that's what no, it's I, down to. I don't I don't feel like it's coming from a lot of times a real place. That's what I, 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 that's what I, I don't well, like. I just I disagree. With I, I know and, that, and everything yeah. prior to this album I disagree. Yeah. With. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but for for this album, I mean, that, I mean, we don't have to debate my love or dislike yeah, of, of or the band love, as a whole. Of, yeah. of the band as a whole, uh, for this album at least, uh, I mean, it actually sort of sounds like a lot of what other people are doing. That's the other sort of problematic thing mm, about okay. it. Uh, they have updated their sound to sound like a lot of other shit that's coming out. This. Now Definitely. I don't know if that's because they influenced a lot of that or if they're. I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I think a lot of people reference them as a, you know. Do they? Maybe not Absolutely. reference them, you know, but just say that they were, particularly if, if you were younger band at that time, they yep. were they were influential. Even outside of DC. I mean, I grew up in Chicago, and people were listening to them a lot okay. in Chicago yeah, I was, I just and talking about them, and they were talking about them and interested in what they were doing, right. you know. And so, I mean, that's my only reference point that I have, you know, and that was, you know, you know, when I was in early college or late high school, you know, yeah. and so people were like, well, what are these guys doing, you know, mm-hmm. and so because it was different. It did stand out. I thought it did at the time. It's hard to look at it now, 15 mm-hmm. years later and say, oh, it doesn't sound like because we've gone through so much and now it sounds like other stuff, you know, that's yeah. the thing that's hard. The, the, I think to reference back. The last thing I'll say uh, before we get to it is like, you know what this could be with me is the My Buddy Valentine syndrome okay. because I didn't experience it at that time. I could see that. There's no, mm-hmm. like, everything after that ended up sounding a lot like this. And it was because, like, yeah. So, as a byproduct of that, I could give two shits what My Buddy Valentine does. Sure, sure. Sure. Um, but maybe it's that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Could but be that. going around the horn, uh, let's let's finish this one off, Andre. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this one. All right? Yeah. I think I'm gonna pass too. Paul. I'm passing. I'm passing too. All yeah. right. Sorry, D Plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you're always welcome to come over to our house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke <laughs> meat. Uh, next up, we have the return of Cass McCombs in a really weird way.
Right, that is uh, the song Big Wheel. It is officially the first song. Like, there's a little uh, yeah. intro of a little kid talking yep. uh, off of his album uh, Big Wheel and Others. This is a double album for Cass McCombs. Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> it's a beast. Yeah, it is a beast. Uh, Andre just got the deluxe yeah. edition in the mail. I know. It has even it. more songs than <laughs> what's on the regular version. Um, it's got three more songs. For those who aren't familiar with Cass McCombs, um, he is sort of a revered uh, singer-songwriter, been uh, sort of running the circles, the same stuff like Elliot Smith was doing, yeah. like that level of of sort of love among musicians and fans Oh, alike. definitely. Uh, and then I guess it was like three years ago, maybe. Actually, yeah, I was. He's put out it was three years ago. Year. Yeah, we did. We put out Wits End. Put two out that year. Yeah, put out Wits End and had uh, the song uh, County Line. That it did, which <laughs> blew everybody's yeah. mind. <laughs> exactly, like everybody because yeah. I mean, it was. Andre does a great campfire cover of it. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I forgot about that. Come on by, uh, and Andre can, and the uh, Dog Boys. I can do that. Oh, that's right. That's my band. That's my backup band. <laughs> You gotta go deep in the woods for that one though. Involves <laughs> a lot of bourbon um, too. Yeah. Followed it up. Um but beyond I think that song that album was particularly obtuse. Um good and rewarding, but it was is hard to get into. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, it's very strange, yeah. The second album that year, Humorous, was a yeah, little yeah. more straightforward. Definitely. Um and now with uh, Big Wheel and others, it is a little this is uh, a little more, more of a continuation of humor risk. Yeah. In a sense. Or I think it's a mixing of the two. A kind because of a mixing of the two. That's uh, true. Yeah. This time around, instead of, I guess, just a lot of it was just himself or like a largely unknown artist. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, Mike Gordon from Fish playing bass on yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. Joe, tell. Joe Russo. Uh, from further, he used to be in Benevento and Russo. Yeah, uh, it, it's sort of really a hip, it's sort of a hippie fest, and it I, definitely is. You sort of could have seen it coming when uh, Bob Weird did a bunch of webcasts. Oh, he was Jonathan, covering right, yeah. Jonathan Wilson, and then yeah, and, and, the I, and then off in the corner, yeah, and off in the corner, <laughs> Casper Coves just pop up yeah. and sing like Scarlet Begonias, and you're like, what? Exactly, yeah, he just what? pop in, sing, what? yeah. Why are you doing that? Uh, and That's right. They did all that. It was the National, mm-hmm. Jonathan Wilson and Cass McCombs mm-hmm. playing with the Grateful Dead remaining members. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so they're kind of all part of that scene, which yep. is interesting. So, Andre, since this yeah. this guy blows your mind <laughs> uh, the mostest. Oh, jeez. Uh, where do you, where do you start? You know, I guess the first thing is this album is long. You know, you have to be ready for this, you know, getting into the, I think it's like 85 does minutes that, or something. It, does that get a, that's what she said? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's where you tap your knee. You just, you don't say anything. Just tap it. Tap, tappy. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, but this album goes all over the place. And like you said, you know, if you've, if you haven't heard, well, like we just heard his song there, that, that song kind of has a little bit more of the humorous kind of sound yeah. where Kind of a jammy kind of sound, though, overall, and that's where you can hear... It's a little jammy, a little uh, Bo Diddley. I yeah, mean, uh, that's true. Basically, the question is, is he's asking, is like, what's a man? He's like, I'm a man. What are you, that's like, true, yeah. On, you know? Yeah, in terms of the lyrics. Um, sets the tone for the album. I mean, it's an, that's true, it's yeah. an aggressive like statement throughout mm-hmm. um, that he's sort of exerting his castness. Yeah, all over you. <laughs> but he's known for that. He's known yeah, for yeah. it. I think the thing that I like, you know... and. In, kind of comparing it to the kind of the jam band mm-hmm. scene because it has a little bit of that sound sometimes but like Kevin and I were talking earlier 
the great thing about this, the thing, the problem with jam bands is they don't write good songs. They, yep. They're good composers sometimes, and they write good music sometimes, but they don't write good songs with lyrics that, you know, it's like some dude talking about a fluff head, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and so where here it's like great to hear those musicians, like you said, Mike Gordon and all these Joe Russo playing with a person who writes good songs and has lyrics that actually tell a story or, you know, try and express some sort of, you know, idea or, or some sort of emotion. So that that's the thing that stood out really nicely for me because that whole realm of music has been kind of dead since as a byproduct of that, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. Um, and I think, Paul, you actually surprised me when you said you, like, really, like, sort of dug this. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been kind of lukewarm on Cass McCombs before. Uh, like his stuff well enough, but don't usually go back to it yeah. other than, you know, County Line and one or two other songs. But uh, yeah. this album is really good. And I think it's, I'm a sucker for stuff about the American West. And mm-hmm. this is kind of like, it, I'm not going it, to, it's not dark like Cormac McCarthy, American West, but it definitely gets into the, the drifters and open spaces and loners uh, mentality. Um, and it, it drifts from like Northern California and into, yeah. into some of the other, uh, into some of the other old Western spaces. And I love that. Like these are yeah. largely story songs telling, you know, telling tales about those kinds of characters, which uh, is kind of squarely in my wheelhouse. So yeah. that's what I was telling Zane earlier. This, you know, if you get the album, it comes with all the lyrics. I, it's a great album to sit down and actually like read the lyrics along with while he's singing. Cause he's, he's always telling some sort of story in a way, in but, some weird, obscure way. And, and he's also doing a, a weird thing that he does, which, which great writers, I think, do, is just mm-hmm. playing with words. Like, it's going to be really hard for anybody to say, uh, what's it like to shit in space? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in the song Morningstar, he does. Yeah. And it, and you realize that, like, this is... You're, that sucks you into a story of somebody yeah. talking to an astronaut, like you said, Paul, in the West, and you're... Yeah, and and In all of a sudden you understand you're you're locked into that character and yeah. locked in that song, and it's it's a unique talent that he has that, that he can just paint those. Pictures. That's a great lyric. It, yeah. it is. Yeah, like, the first like, time I play this song again, did I hear what I think I heard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and it's like the first time you hear it, that you're like, oh fuck, that come on, man. But yeah. but because what it's wrapped in is so like engrossing like it it just like works and it becomes a great lyric and you get sucked into the song and you mm-hmm. get sucked into the music and but I it takes it takes balls to just to say that, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what i'm going to say yeah <laughs> but he, he com- something you've always thought commit, no, <laughs> c- commits fully to like his yeah. character and and goes mm-hmm. for it like like a good novelist like you know it's funny you said Cormac McCarthy like yeah, it's not yeah. that level so but i mean didn't think of that theoretically you know, this is a guy who's operating on that level in songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. although, although, I guess Cormac McCarthy could also write songs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Madeline, you seem, you seem a little quiet over there. Well, I only listened to the, the album once. Okay. I haven't had any bourbon. Um, I That may change the experience. <laughs> <laughs> I never really got into yeah. Cass McCombs. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I tend to fall for singer-songwriters like him, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, honestly, it has to... Like, I don't deny the fact that he's a good songwriter, but I don't like lyrics like, what's it like to shit in space? Like, that detracts <laughs> yeah. from a song for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, so, so what I, pulls one person in may not pull <laughs> all. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what I'm saying, but... Yeah. I, I'm curious what 
he's like live. Have any have any? Yeah, seen we, him? we've seen him. Oh, yeah. Does he play with the fight, band? Uh, his fans are so, including us, are so rabid. Like a guy, I was yeah. actually shooting the show, the backstage black cat, and a guy wanted to fight me. He saw it and was sort of like, "What the fuck?" And then the audience basically like prevented this guy from fighting me. Yeah. <laughs> It's the most insane okay. fan yeah, base. They're but very if, if he has such a, like a dedicated fan base, why isn't he playing somewhere bigger? Because it's not easy. It's a small dedicated fan base. It's small. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty small. small it's pretty dedicated. small still. I think. And, it, and it's not like as you're sort of attesting. It's not easily digestible music. Yeah. And even live, it's not as easily digestible. But. And you're not dancing to it. Nope. Right. No, you're, no you're, you're kind of letting it wash over you. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you're almost like would stand there and just close your eyes and listen to it. And like, I mean, that could be fun. And that's what he, I mean, even his stage presence is like that, where it's like no lights yeah. on him. It's, it's pitch like, black. It's like pitch black. Oh. It's, it's, actually like, <laughs> our, it's actually our uh, uh, Facebook background. Yeah. There's like lights behind them. You can only see silhouettes. Yeah. I mean, I don't you're know what they're going to do now, but, you know, they might no, be No, they're doing that. They're still doing the same yeah. thing. I mean, <laughs> So he doesn't tour with other musicians? No, he does. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. the full band, and they're amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they'll play all these. And But what it is is he walks out, and like basically the lights go down, and they stay down. And you have random patterns popping up on these just white, no colored lights, just white yeah. uh, sort of boxes, shade boxes uh, behind him. And the effect is like stunning because it forces you to pay attention to yeah. simply what's happening. I mean, that sounds really cool. Yeah. It is. But it is very cool. I think like on... As an album and as like something that you would digest outside of the live setting, mm-hmm. sure. for me at least, it's like study music. It's like something yeah. I could listen to while writing a paper because it isn't very involving. Yeah, I mean, there is like that one lyric that kind of like catches your attention, but for me, I just kind of went back to like it being in the background. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, it's a good rainy day album. Yeah, like lay on your porch on a rainy day. Let's put it on and just kind of relax. There's there's something I want to ask you, but first I want to hear a one of the more accessible tunes. I think this is the accessible tune. Okay, uh, this is uh, brighter. Yeah. 
The name of that song is uh, Brighter. Um, it's actually repeated on, I guess, what would be side two. Yeah. Uh, of that with Karen Black, uh, actress who was an Easy Rider singing right yeah. before she died. That's right. Uh, he actually wrote songs for her for something. She had a, some weird recording project. And she's put out some stuff. And she delivers a uh, another version of it that completely changes the feel. And completely, yeah, yeah. Because her voice sounds like somebody who's about to die from cancer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she yeah. did. Yeah, and uh, it, and and that is uh, like we were saying one of the more accessible songs mm-hmm. on the album. And you said during the break, yeah, yeah, I get that. And it sounds like Jim James. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a song oh, yeah, yeah. from the last um, My Morning Jacket album. Yeah, um, yeah, I could hear that. But further on in the album, not just lyrically, up to, it's like <laughs> there. It, and this, this is, is when what, it starts to get what, weird, you yeah, know. But, yeah, but this is what's <laughs> compelling about it. And uh, and Paul had to drop off, but like he. Uh, We'll probably have some stuff to say about this online later. Sure. Uh, it, it gets very uh, avant-garde jazz. Oh, definitely. Which is, like, for a singer-songwriter, it's it's just, like, he continues to, like, upturn, like, this expectation, uh, which is just a stupid expectation. It's like, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, and I'm going to write uh, however yeah. the fuck I want. But you expect it to be, like, James Taylor. Yeah, you know, or, or Jim James' album. And stuff. Sure, sure. But this comes off, and, and you're just like, what the... Like yeah. this is like this is actually like oh the Joe Murder song yeah like Joe yeah, Murder like, it's was... kind of uncomfortable almost mm-hmm. when it's, like I had it playing on in the house and you know and we're just kind of doing some stuff and it came out and I was like I just feel uncomfortable right now <laughs> this dissonant saxophone in the background just like hammering away while he's kind but... of singing and so, you're just like so disoriented almost and then the next song right after that. It's like an eight-minute song about Indians, you know, or like yeah, different, yeah, which is, different colored people, which is real. which is just him talking. Basically, mm-hmm. it comes right after that. So, like, you come out of this like really dissonant, crazy, you know, mm-hmm. our avant-garde jazz song over a singer-songwriter into this like talking, like eight-minute talking piece, and then come out of that into like a late '70s Steely Dan jam. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. like. That happens in the course of fifteen minutes. Like you're just like, what? And, what the heck and is going I on here? I think that's what makes the album work. Well, I know it's what makes it work for me. Yeah, is because it it doesn't even keep you guessing. It just keeps you engaged. Yeah, like it's you, all over the place. You know, yeah. if you if you like any of this stuff, like you sort of looking like you might not, Madeline. Yeah, um, but it, if you if you enjoy any of this stuff, like it's all there in this like you. It's hard to listen to this all the way through. It's, yeah, it's real just, hard to listen. Start to finish. I want to turn it off. I was like, I have to listen to. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> it's you can, but, but you, you can but do did it. You want to turn it off because it was so long, or because you're just like, I hate this. I mean, it was three songs in that I wanted to turn oh, off, so it wasn't really oh, about. Wow. When's, I, your, when's your internship <laughs> over? <laughs> the slide as guitar in the second <laughs> song should have pulled you right in, though. I, I mean, maybe I was just too distracted when I listened to it. Okay, I yeah. would. I love albums where you just have to like sit down and like you know really get to know it yeah so but i just don't have time for that right now oh yeah yeah so, no no and that's but i mean maybe at another another day I, i'm gonna send you this when you're my age <laughs> but you okay. can i i think you can digest this album in phases almost it's yeah. like because i think the first like like the first section maybe the first seven songs kind of fit together nicely mm-hmm. as a piece. Mm-hmm. And then there's that middle section, which we were just talking about. This All of a sudden, it goes this avant-garde, and it gets all crazy. 
and then there's kind of the back half, like that middle section, yep. and then the back half, which is where it, and, it like repeats songs from the beginning, where it's almost like this is a whole almost like it's almost like, like, like a palindrome, yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of like what he did before, where he put out Wits End and Humor Risk both in the same year. I think they were both almost recorded at the same time, but it was like uh, they're almost like two different two albums because yeah. they have totally different feels. Where this album, it's like I'll oh, just stick it all together, but. I can almost see two or three albums but, within it, and that's yeah. why that, that's why ultimately this whole thing like works so well yeah. for me because like it it is engaging, it is Ooh. that, and you, you you have to think about stuff like that. You're like, oh, what's he doing? Yeah. It gets. I mean, like the, the Indian song, uh, I believe it is called. Uh, it's it's right after Joe Murder. Yeah, it is after uh, everything has to be just so. Yeah, is such an uncomfortable. Yeah, it is <laughs> like. There's things he said, like he says, to say the white man is never the same way twice, to say the white man has no soul, to say the black man only knows jungle justice, they say the brown man is a filthy Indian. Yeah. Those aren't words that, like, you can just be like, just, oh, that's nice. Yeah. This is <laughs> a nice song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's just refreshing to see. going to play I mean, this at work tomorrow, you know? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll jump the gun a little <laughs> and, 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 and say this is, honestly, like, right now, this is my number two album of the year. Okay, yeah. Simply because of the experience of Behind Chance the Rapper? Behind Chance the Rapper. <laughs> uh, but they're dealing in the same trade. They're kind of in this, No, yeah. they're dealing in the same trade. It shows an utter... They're both words. Utter yeah. mastery of... No, of wordsmith and imagination. Yeah. yeah. And being like, you know what? Instead of, like, trying to do this thing that people are, like, expected a certain way to consume it, we're going to, like, do this thing that we feel. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of that this year. I mean, that's. I don't think we're seeing any of it you this don't? year. No, and that's that's the problem. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Well, well, what what would you say? I, I mean, I'm just thinking of our conversation about Janelle Monae a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, maybe not. I don't. We're just at least seeing longer albums with more of. Yeah. I think. Kind of a concept to them. Definitely yeah. Longer albums. I mean, yeah. in this art, like this new Arcade Fire album, like it's. I don't know. It's being hyped up as so different for them and like so different in general i mean we'll see <laughs> should, should i jump the gun on this i uh, mean i haven't listened to it please don't ruin got the head it shake. <laughs> um anyway i oh, mean no, that's it's... not really particular to this conversation but i mean well you will be next week but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is like i i do need to spend more time with cast mccombs and i don't think the way that oh, i you did i mean I would really be interested to see him live and then go from there, maybe. Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. No, we got to, we get, we're hooked up, so. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Autobar, which is where we saw him before. Yeah. Because I think, like, I don't deny that he's doing something really interesting. Yeah. But I, I think it's also hard to put out an album like this and expect people to, like, have the time to sit down and listen to it. Maybe that's just mm-hmm. a college culture. Like, no, I don't no. have time to sit right. down and no, listen it's, to it's it. Valid, but that's a valid point, though. That's in this ge- day and age, that's yeah. That's the genius you put in it, though. It's like, he doesn't out. give a fuck about that. Put a 22-song like, album out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I had to make this, and so I made this. And it's what, like, Move, to, to, moving to on, expand yeah. the, the conversation <laughs> about that, which is an entire podcast, really. Probably the end-of-the-year podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's something that is lacking in this, in my mind this year, like almost a hundred percent. Okay, everything has been this package fits into this, fits in this, oh, fits in this. And it's what you expect from people, and and it's been like a lot of legacy bands who are disappointing, like by even their own standards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
to see this come along and just be like whatever. Here's, I mean, now there is like the little hipster fan. There's a whole lot of fanboyism involved with him. Mm-hmm. I hope all of them are getting the the sort of the the weight of this album, you know. But yeah. people don't like this stuff out I'm saying like a lot god damn it (laughs) people don't put this stuff out now and they don't take this risk uh, of making an album like this so long so dense so just not like at some points not enjoyable yeah Yeah. you know well I guess yeah there's points that but when it all you want to turn it off when it all plugs in (laughs) even if you listen to it in days apart like parts of it it just uh, it's just a mind fuck in the best possible yeah. way. I me. think his entire catalog is like that, though. Uh, yeah, almost. I do too. But I think this is might be his best. Sure. I think I think this is where he he actually was like, you know, I, I'm just gonna go for it. And adding, I hate to say it, like people like Mike Gordon, adding that looser. Um, they added a looseness to it. Yeah, yeah there's a because re- that's what they're known for. It's yeah. a really good. Now, what I don't buy into is the, the whole mystery persona thing. Yeah, like, whatever. I don't, little, I don't give a fuck whatever. about that. So there's a spin article on him, uh, and it's a well, very well written article about his mysterious past. He doesn't like to talk about it. And uh, how he is. As a he's person. pretty private, I think. About yeah, his but that's the thing. Deal. He's not because he does that. Oh, he's okay. pretty controlling of his image. Oh, he's controlling. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the difference. He's trying to create a persona. Right. Of, Here's who I am. Well, and he succeeded in yeah. stuff. Yeah, but for, like Rye. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Very similar. Very similar. For me, the only thing that matters is like his output and what he puts down on wax and stuff. And in fact, in the in the article, he sort of like tries to diffuse that and saying like, "Oh, these records don't matter. It's all about just the live experience." Like, no, like you, it's a it is a skill set. Making an album is different from live. He can do both, and he can do them well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, now live is the way to experience this. If he came out and played this straight through, I mean, it'd be a long goddamn yeah, show. Exactly. Sleeping bags. But the album has a very live feel to begin with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you listen yeah. to it, it sounds almost like they but just went I mean. and played like, it. You know. Like, I think that's why I was asking, like, if he tours by himself, because I can't imagine him just, I can't you know, ma- breaking out a guitar and like sitting on a stool and it being no, just that'd him be awkward. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot. Awkward, it's a lot yeah. denser than that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And and so like. The thing about all these jam band people coming into this is that when he sort of was at Bob Weir's studio doing this stuff, like Mike Gordon basically said, it's in this article, that he was so shocked because here's this guy that they they respect the songwriting and apparently Casper Combs respects Fish's songwriting, which... uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but um, for their composition I hope style. he just meant yeah. enjoyed the music, he, the composition, yeah. abilities. Um, yeah. But but and then he looked over and this guy's like doing this stuff and it was like mind blowing. Yeah, because artists get locked into like you got to do a certain thing, and I think Casman Combs is like not to add to any mystique or anything. I think he is outside that. I think he is a just based on what his output has been, uh-huh. a very knowledgeable musicologist. Oh, definitely. Uh, a very knowledgeable uh, wordsmith. Yeah. And he chooses, this is the way he is choosing to like make art. Yeah. Because he does a ton of styles on this, but he executes each one. Yeah. 
you know, so well. Not just executes each one, but eventually pulls it together as a no, whole. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, all, there's so many different styles this, of music played on this. You couldn't, You like I said, you can't, it's hard to listen to this all the way that's through. That's why, I think that's why but it's so hard to listen straight through, because it moves it. around so much. Yeah. But you yeah. can't you know? consider it yeah. by its parts. Like, it yeah. is it's a sum of its a whole. thing. What's yeah. what's his past like? Like, did he go to school? Well, that's what for he's saying. He, he doesn't. Do or, this. Okay, yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. But yeah. like, how old is he? And he's does anyone know where he's mid, from? Mid, he's your age. He's like thirty five, thirty six. Oh. He's my age. Yeah. Yeah. And Baltimore claimed him for a little while. Uh, New York yeah. has claimed him for a little while. Now the West Coast claims him. I mean, yeah, he's but just, he's been making music for a while. Yeah, this yeah. Is like he just album um, five or he's four traveling or five. around doing it. And, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's a good run. Definitely. And this is a good, like, if he keeps doing this, I mean, I don't know how this had to be exhausting, but if he keeps doing this, then I'll... I, I will pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess uh, we'll go around the horn and finish yeah. this one off. Uh, Paul gives it a buy. So. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Paul. Yeah. I agree with Paul. Yeah. <laughs> well, I already bought it, so... <laughs> yeah. So just, there's no mystery. I've been listening to it a lot lately. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I say stream. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She's going to stream it. Um, all right. So that's, I think that's our podcast for this week. Yeah. Next week, uh, we will be talking about, I think, exclusively the new arcade. The fire, fire of the arcade. Wait, you mean the reflectors? Yeah. <laughs> the reflectors. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get some guests. I might try to get somebody who actually saw them at one of the Brooklyn shows. Mm. Um, that's not fair. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I did not go. Oh, so they just played a couple shows? Yeah, I'm just going to be the. Uh, yeah, they actually played uh, at CMJ. Oh, and they played the whole album. Yeah, which there was know. a great no. Well, they just played a show, but a lot of new. Songs. Okay, a lot of new songs. Yeah, this is great uh, takedown of that. Basically, like Arcade Fire just ruined CMJ because they. Like, I think it's true. Yeah, it is sort of true. Uh, but we'll In talk. What, we'll talk about okay, that well, next week. Next week we will we're discuss just, that. I'm interested to hear podcast. why they ruined it. Beyond that, uh, and I apologize to uh, Luke Temple for not talking about his album on this podcast. Hopefully, we'll get it on not this next one, but the one after because it is. Uh, uh, Good Mood Fool is the name of it, and it, okay. is, it is actually a really great album. And, and what we were talking about a lot with Cass McCombs, it's just this something this guy feels. Awesome. Thank you guys for coming to the basement, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Right. Bye. Bye.